Now, this week, uh, it was pretty, uh, I was pretty happy we uh, got to talk to Tim. Uh, he's the physiotherapist. Uh, with He's got a master's degree under his belt. Um, he deals in uh, sports injuries and uh, musculoskeletal. Um, he's a fellow I've also happened to have known him for 20 years. We grew up together. Um, this week, we, I was, we finally uh, were able to line up uh, a time to actually sit down and, and have a chat and um, just talk sport, but we also talk about um, the basically all the pre-seasons being removed and all the, the stop-start to the season and, and just the effects it's going to have um, for all the different teams and uh, for all the different uh, various position groups in NFL and everything like that. Um, basically, and also just he comes up with a couple of great little things that uh, I guess nuggets that you wouldn't normally hear or you wouldn't think of Um just generally as a lay person i guess that's that's the best way to put it and it was it was a really really good uh opportunity to have a chat to him but definitely have a listen um it's it's not uh it's not a four-hour interview it's just it's about half hour 40 minutes but uh have a listen and uh just make sure you jump in like subscribe and do all that sort of thing as well cheers Uh, so I'll I'll start off. Well, obviously, this is uh, we're doing a bit of an interview type thing, and we might turn into a bit more of a regular segment. Um, but uh, f- for the listeners that are just joining us now, we've got Timmy Lynch. Um, he's a sports physio. Actually, I'll tell you, you know, you're better probably better off explaining who you are um, and, and everything else. But um, like basically, from from me, I've known Timmy for I think twenty years now. Um, we went through high school and did everything else together and, and grew up together. Um, and now he's uh, basically physioing the shit out of my back, but uh, he's, a, he's a sports physio. But um, I'll, I'll let you explain sort of your experience and a bit of your background, mate, and then um, we'll crack in. Thanks, mate. So, um, so yeah, so as you said, I'm a physio. Well, we went to school together and then I did my four-year undergrad uh, physio degree. Um, worked for a few years, both for the Australian Defence Force as well as in private practice. And then I essentially did my master's, so two extra years at uni, so I could become a sports and exercise physiotherapist and a musculoskeletal physio. So essentially just a bit more study. Um, They teach you just a few extra things to, I suppose, hone your skills in on a specific, um, specific group. And yeah, so I deal with a lot of sort of chronic pain patients as well as the sporting injuries and athletes. So that's right, man. And, and for me, I, I'm on the, on the athlete side of things, right? So like I'm, I'm like the, the top end athlete um, that you have to deal with on a daily basis. So I'm definitely not like a chronic pain patient. I'm not one of those types. No, no, no. you're the athlete. I just 100%. need to make sure I don't get, um, I don't rehab you that well that you beat me at golf. That's right. <laughs> Or lawn bowls, mate. Lawn bowls. That's about the extent of, of, of where I'm at at the moment. But, um, but, but uh, no. But the, the cool thing is, like, we, we, you and I, we grew up playing basketball together, and that's something we both loved. And um, I mean, we've, uh, I, I guess, I don't know. We, we've sort of seen all of the developments of basketball throughout the years, and, and just sports in general. I mean, we both like we both like the Cowboys, and 
and uh, and all that sort of stuff. We do differ on um, on the NBA, though. I think uh, <laughs> the, the, I mean, you, you got a soft spot for the Spurs, but I don't think you're a Spurs fan, though, right? <laughs> I think I'm on the Jazz bandwagon this year. Yeah, yeah, you are, actually. Yeah, I mean, you, you follow mm. more like you, know, you sort of like. Um, saying calling you a floater sounds offensive, but like I, I just mean like you 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 sort of like you you pick a team each year that you think is going to do well, and like they're not necessarily the obvious team either. Like that you're not just going to go and be like, oh yeah, where's LeBron this year? Oh yeah, okay, I'll go with that team. Like you you sort yeah. of you pick a team that you think is just they're often kind of like a dark horse. The often I think with the NBA, I follow more players. Yes. So when players seem to move teams, I sort of, because I don't have a home team in America or in the NBA, I seem to follow more players. So I tend to follow the, yeah, the players I like and whichever team they go to, I tend to have sort of a soft spot for them. So I'm quite liking the Jazz this year with Joe Ingles and the way they're coached and their sort of team dynamic. Mm. Have a soft spot for the Spurs. Don't mind the Cavs. I am a Delhi fan. Yeah, from way yeah. back. Yeah, the same, same, yeah. So, yeah, but it'll be an interesting season, I think. It, it, it's, mate, these, these, um, the, the last sort of 22 teams that are remaining, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a funny one. I mean, like, I, I talked to a, a bunch of people about, like, the, basically the, the, I guess the way that they've come back and the way they've set it up and the teams that they've, they've chosen. Yeah. Man, I could not believe it when I saw that the Spurs were on the list of 22. I was like, you've got to be joking. Like, I mean, we are having the worst season. Like, I've, I've been following the Spurs since 1997. And, uh, like, that basically I got really lucky because um, I well, – basically my dad, he's a Celtics fan, right? So he and, – and effectively uh, – like <laughs> he was told, you can't just force him to go for the Celtics because I already had the pies and all the all the rest of it. So um, we went right over. Well, what team did you want? And I went and I really liked Tim Duncan. I don't know why exactly. I can't remember exactly why because I was quite young at the time. But he was coming out of college at the time, and he got drafted in 1997 because the Spurs actually came last that year, the year before. Um, and so I got very lucky and picked the Spurs, and we've had a perennial, you know, winning season. Hopefully, they still have a chance to make the playoffs this year. Mate, we're, we're hanging on by the skin of <laughs> some very thin teeth, there, mate. Like it's it's uh, <laughs> we had we had a win against the against uh, Zion's uh, bloody Pelicans, I think, just overnight. So yeah, I saw that. I was pretty stoked about that. But we also we also had um, well, all of our wins have been really sorry, all of our losses rather have been really close. So we we are competitive, which is nice. I, I'm, I'm happy yeah. that we're actually not just getting flogged by forty every week. Actually, speaking of, there was there was um, the Lakers got pumped by forty points the other day too. Yeah, I saw that. And I, I who, who beat them? I can't yeah. yeah, I don't know. See, it's going to be an interesting postseason though because there's no away in home teams. True. So true. you know, like in the when you get to the finals and you get your seven game series and the the higher team gets four home games, it, mm. essentially home games are null and void. So yeah. it's just best of seven. Yeah, it used to be like when, like when back in the day when we'd play like school tournaments like for regionals, and like all the all the teams would just be from around the area anyway. So it kind of like they'd all play at Murray Stadium or whatever, and they there weren't any real home or away crowds. It was just whatever mm. supporters were allowed in. But I think 
they're not they're not allow, uh, they're not allowing supporters in to come and watch their games, are they? At that Disneyland. I don't think so. No. Have you seen the um, virtual supporters though? Yes. So they put up. Um, yeah. So I think that's all they've really got. I don't think they're allowed any um, any crowd in the stadium. Uh, right. Well, yeah, it's, cause it's kind of like, I think it's sort of like the one that they did with the NBA draft. How, sorry, the NBL draft. Oh, oh, my God. NFL draft, sorry. Where they had the um, all the supporters in the background and Roger Goodell doing his best to not look like a robot saying, <laughs> come on, guys, let's get some support for that team of yours. All right. And, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was beautiful to watch. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, though. But I was going to see what, what you reckon, though, because, I mean, I know, obviously, uh, like, we, we could we'd talk we'd talk a lot of shit about, you know, basketball and footy and whatever else. Um, but, I mean, that, part of the reason, like, I wanted to, to get you on and, um, and have a chat to you was to actually interview you and ask you questions about um, the job you do. And, like, obviously, you, you're... Mm-hmm. Like I think, <laughs> I think I, I recorded a question. I was going to send it out to you, but I thought I'd just I'd just ask you. And it was because basically I've I've injured so many parts of my body, and I've had so many surgeries, and I've had I've rehabbed so much crap, it's ridiculous. But every time, like I finding that uh, like whenever I go to get rehabbed, I find out that I don't really know Jack when it comes to it, because there's always like, you guys always have some other sort of little thing up your sleeve. Um, but I was going to say like, what's probably for yourself with all these guys coming back from um, say like having no preseason for the NFL or having a big break in between um, the season stopping and starting and, and all these other things. Like what, what would you say would be uh, get us, what's going to be the biggest effect? Is it going to be things like ACLs or we're going to see, Guys popping shoulders, pectoral tears. What, what do you reckon? What's going to be the, the, the sort of the theme? Um, that's a good question. Um, it's really going to Thank depend, you. I appreciate I that. I'll, I'll, I'll pick that one up. Let's see. It's... <laughs> um, it's really going to depend. A lot of injury stuff these days, they try and there's a lot of sports science that goes into um, professional sports these days, and they really spend a lot of time looking at an athlete's load management. Um, and I think that's probably going to be the, one of the biggest things that's going to come up this year with the injuries because a lot of the, the athlete's load has changed so much. So during COVID for the NBA season, for example, normally they'll go through a preseason or a training camp, then some preseason games, and then get into their 82-game season. And one of the things that they do is you want to, with an athlete, slowly build up their load so they don't spike too quickly. So you can't go from doing nothing, sitting on a beach in Hawaii somewhere, to then going straight into an NBA game. You've got to sort of prep your body. Mm. So what I think has happened this year with the NBA is they did that at the start of the season. They've then had this big time where they weren't really allowed to do anything like in the States. I think everything sort of got shut down. Mm. So, you know, they weren't allowed to train together. I, I don't know how much access they had to bathroom courts and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So essentially what that's going to do. And then now they've gone into the bubble and they're playing, you know, back to backs and all that sort of stuff. So the, the, the players haven't had a chance to essentially prep their bodies. They get that um, sort of like what they call it, match fitness, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. So they'll they then would say that their risk of injury could possibly be higher, and mm-hmm. they look at like um, non oh sorry not non traumatic but more non incident injuries or non um, traumatic injuries. So. Yeah, so non-contact injury. So that's where you'll get your calf strains, your hamstring strains, your ACL injuries, possibly mm. your pec tears. Mm. And then when you go to the NFL, they're a contact. Well, basketball is contact, but it's nowhere near the contact as what the NFL is. So mm. you've got to condition your body to actually giving contact and receiving contact. So, you know, the linemen have to get used to banging bodies again, essentially mm. on the line. So when they don't do that for a period of time and then go back to it, that's when the risk of injury is going to be higher. So, you know, in basketball, I dare say ankle sprains will be a bit higher. Um, Maybe some soft tissue injuries and some knee injuries. Mm -hmm. In NFL though, I reckon you'll be looking at, it'll depend on the position of the player, Mm. but you'll be looking at more, um, you know, maybe the pec tears, bicep tears for those big linemen, knee injuries mm. for the linemen, mm. um, possibly Achilles injuries. Like, I don't know if you saw in the baseball last week, a pitcher um, ruptured his Achilles. Yes. Um, and it was interesting. I actually follow a, a quite a high up baseball specialist physio over in the States. And he looked back and I read an article or a post that he put up and he sort of said, you often in sports injury management, you often point fingers, you know, like when an injury happens to an athlete, you go, oh, mm. he wasn't strong enough or the conditioning coaches didn't do well enough or the medical staff. Right, but right. his opinion on that picture was sometimes you just have bad luck. Yeah. You know, sometimes wrong place, wrong time. And there's just that luck. But I suppose with athletes, what from a medical professional or a sports uh, physio point of view, you want to try and make or create as robust athletes as you can. Mm. So you want them to be able to tolerate anything that can get thrown at them and be safe doing it. Yeah. yeah. So. You want them to be able to like cop the hits and, and still keep going. I mean, cause I, I talked about like, I'm actually about to upload an article like that one thing that you just talked about. Like it was, it's a really interesting thing. Um, like you, you look at the Kansas city chiefs winning the super bowl, right? So that the, the the difference between them winning and probably realistically not winning it was so minute because it was, I think it was pretty early on, or maybe, maybe it was mid, mid-season, um, uh, Patrick Mahomes, like this this guy who, if for anyone that doesn't follow the NFL, he's kind of like the, the second coming of Jesus as a, as a quarterback. And uh, he's, he's pretty phenomenal. And what he does, and he's, he's scored 50 touchdowns and he's just an absolute freak show of an athlete. But anyway, the point is that he copped a knee injury. Now, it looked like he was had had a full ACL, probably ACL, MCL, PCLA, his whole knee. They thought it was just – it looked it looked horrendous. But it turned out that he got very lucky and it was only like a, a, like a partial tear or it was just a partial uh, – like a, a big strain uh, more than anything else. So he was able to basically just strap the shit out of it and just have it heavily braced and um and just try and throw off off his own foot and he did it so successfully that they won the super bowl i mean the the, the difference between the them winning and losing is that his knee having you know like a couple of extra pounds of pressure put on it or 
you know, just a, an extra couple of millimeters before his, his Achilles snapped. So, I mean, that, that's that, it, that sort of thing. It, it, that luck stuff, it just sometimes that's just what it comes down to. Like, you, you just can't. Yeah. You just can't plan for a minute. You can you can sometimes be the most perfect athlete, like Hussein Bolt, for example. I mean, he still he still popped a hammy every now and again, like you know, it just is what it is, like yeah. you know. But I mean, I guess what what sort of stuff can these are these guys trying to do? Like load management. I mean, to me, my load management means I, I'm too I've I've had too much custard after dinner. But like, if I'm talking load management for for these for these athletes, I mean, what. I mean, you, you obviously come from a physio standpoint, uh, injury rehab, injury prevention. I mean, prevention is obviously better than cure. That's kind of what you're getting at, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so few examples of load management. The easiest way to sort of put it would be in a baseball pitcher. Um, they would record the number of pitches that a baseball, that a pitcher would throw mm-hmm. per week or per outing. And they would... And it's an easy way to track the numbers to make sure that they're throwing a consistent amount of pitches. They're not increasing too much or going down too much. So they, mm. so it's very mathematical. They can sort of go, oh, yeah, he's thrown X amount of pitches this week. Next week, he's allowed to throw this amount. Mm-hmm. Once that amount comes up, then, you know, that's it. It's a similar type thing in the NBA at the moment. There's a bit of I heard, I was watching a bit of one of the games today. I think it was the Clippers game. And they were talking about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and they're on minute restrictions. Yes, yes. And so, you know, that's sort of essentially what they're trying to do there is, you know, um, tolerate or manage their load. So especially with back-to-back. So I know the Clippers went on a back-to-back today. So they played again yesterday. So some of the minutes that they play that Kawhi and Paul George may have played. So they're their high you know, they're high earning players, but they're also coming off a few injuries. So they're trying to protect them as much as possible right? right. To, to, to reduce the risk of injury. And the same thing with Zion, you know, he had a quite a significant knee injury, well, a knee injury in college and a significant knee injury in the preseason and training camp. And so when he's coming back this year, you know, he's only 19, 20 and his body's not completely you know, fully developed yet either, no. even though he looks a bit like a freak. Yeah. So, you know, the, the organization will take a, you know, they want to protect him. He's their asset. They want to make sure that he doesn't get injured. Right. And I yeah. suppose, cause then you also look back, I don't know if you remember a few years ago when Robert Griffith, the third, Oh was yeah. Playing oh. For Washington, was you know, so he, yeah, yeah. so he did his, so for memory, I think he did his knee, a week before and then he yeah. and then they got into their finals game or wildcard game or to that next round and he was a he was a dynamic quarterback on his feet and as soon as he did his knee injury and he wanted to you know be there for his team hmm. so he went out and then he made his and I don't know the ins and outs of exactly what the injury was compared to what it was after that game but, you know, it was heavily braced and it was made a lot worse. But his yes. career after that, he never had his speed back. And he was a great young quarterback as oh, well. Oh, he was phenomenal. You know, and he never got his speed back. I think he's a second string, maybe a third string now somewhere. Um, uh, yeah, he's over but, you know, Yeah, so, I mean, that's what they're trying to do is, you know, especially when you have a young athlete and they've had an injury, they've got to – like, you don't want to overprotect your players because obviously every fan wants to see – 
the good players play and play as many minutes. But we, you also want to, from a medical or a sports performance standpoint, you also want to try and protect your asset as much and reduce, like within sport, there's always a risk. You can never take away the risk of injury. Um, and you just want to try and minimize the risk as much as possible. Well, that, that's that's the big thing, isn't it? I mean, it, it's just risk. I mean, if you've got something like they, because these guys really, I mean, I know they they are actual human beings, but they to a to a team they are an asset, and you, the way you put it is right. Because I mean, these guys they they get invested. I mean, Joe Burrow just signed, and he's a rookie on a rookie deal, which is a cheap deal. He just signed it for thirty six point one million dollars over the next you know however many years. That's an astronomical amount of money, and, and that's just for a rookie. That's for that's for a first mm-hmm. contract. So he hasn't proven anything in the NFL, and they're already signing away nearly forty million bucks on him. So they have to be able to manage these people as best they can. But I don't know, man. Like it's it, it's 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 a tough gig though, because even if you do perfectly manage these people, like you say, like luck can still just come up and just kick you right in the nuts and just be like, yeah, too bad, so sad, mate. Like, you know, you're, you're spending the, the rest of the season on the sideline. Your career could be altered completely. Like Teddy Bridgewater, he was another a quarterback that had the same problem, a gruesome knee injury. Um, he had to play back up for a few years. But now he's got the starting job at Carolina, which is, you know, that's great for him. He's managed to manage to actually bring it back a bit um, and get himself back to a starting role. But it, it's... It's a hard slog, and RG three like Robert Griffin the third. He just never made it back. Like he, he's, I, I don't know. And that, that's actually probably another thing too. Like you can have the same injury to the same type of athlete, and they can also end up with completely different results, right? Yeah, definitely. definitely. And, and I think, yeah, you, you go. go. You go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say so. You know, and that's why I think making these athletes as robust as possible, you know, so if you just do the same thing every day, day in, day out, um, you know, the body becomes sort of accustomed to just that activity or just that um, sport. Mm. So, you know, going on a little bit of a different tangent, but one of the things that's really highly recommended in today's society is um, going back to kids is they shouldn't actually specialize in a sport until they're about 15 or 16 years old. So any, so, you know, if you've got say, let's say a soccer player and all they do is play soccer, you know, they, their foot coordination's good, you know, but they're always on a field. They're always doing the same type of drills and all, you know, everything like that. Mm-hmm. They become mm-hmm. accustomed to just that. Mm-hmm. So the recommendations now, especially when they're still developing. So up until you're about 16, you know, you should try and play as many sports as you can. So, you know, you can swim, you can do gymnastics, for, you know, you can do volleyball, you can do basketball, you can, you know, they should be challenging their bodies during those developmental years mm. um, to really develop skills for like a range of different skills. And mm. then when they get to sort of 16, then really hone in on, you know, what their sport's going to be. So it's all about trying to make the athletes as robust bust as possible so they can withstand as much um as much load as they can and then reduce that risk yeah yeah no, that makes perfect sense when i was actually listening to 
uh, Move the Sticks podcast. It's an interesting one. It's, it's um, a couple of guys that um, are ex-scouts for the NFL, but they talk about how these guys, um, even through college still, they still play two or three sports. Like um, the mm. most common ones will be like a crossover between basketball and NFL or baseball, NFL, baseball, basketball, that sort of, those sort of combinations. Um, or rest, or even if you look for, say, for example, um, you look at the fight in the combat sports, um, the um, like the MMA, um, like people that are that are wrestling background, um, you know, or versus, and they they do things like BJJ, or if they do um, uh, what am I trying to like karate or any 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 sort of mixed any of those martial arts, um, and boxing, of course, is a big one. Um, I mean, you, you get to look at some um, funny things, but then you, you also wonder, because, uh, I mean, I know growing up we never really sort of had any worries. I mean, we played everything that was out there anyway because that's just what we did. You know, we, we played, you know, rugby, cricket, you know, whatever was going, we'd just go and play it. Um, but now you and I specialise, I guess, in basketball, I guess that we kind of we kind of ended up that way. Um, but even though I was probably more built for a football field. But anyway, that's a, that's another story. Um, but uh, <laughs> being, being 6'1 and, and, uh, and 100, 100 odd kilos, uh, you know, it, it, you're sort of not exactly a, a typical build for a basketball player. Um, but uh, it, it, but it was, I was good at setting screens. People people wouldn't get that's past right. me. I, I, could, I, could I think I ran into a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, normally, normally I'd be trying to when we're playing on the same team. I'd I'd uh, I'd set them up so you could do just a little pop up shot. That was it was always <laughs> nice. It was always nice, but uh, just sort of run someone into me as hard as you could. Um, but it was. Uh, it, but anyway, but the point I'm making is that um, like we we'd end up, I guess, with all different types of capabilities because just as a, as a general human, you end up with a lot of different skills. It, it, it's, it's an interesting sort of thing. So. Uh, they they reckon now to basically expand horizons, ex- expose the kids to as many sports as possible, and then when they get to that sort of mid-teens, then then go okay, go nuts. But because you, you'd think like the the logic would say, the earlier you start playing a sport and just continue like that, you say for example, if you want to be a boxer, you start boxing from the age of three years old and you do it for the next twenty years that you'd be the best boxer in the world, right? Like that, that's, that's the logic. Mm. Um, but it's not necessarily the case, basing, basing off what you're saying. Is, is that about right? Yeah, yeah. Because you want to you make, I suppose, that's when you can get sort of those overuse type injuries as well. Um, so one of the examples for long distance runners, one of the things I usually tell a lot of long distance runners is each, so when you think about running sort of like, let's say half marathon or marathon level, you're running long distances on the road in a straight line. Every time you take a step, you're loading up, you know, everything exactly the same. You hit with your heel or your midfoot strike, but then you're sort of pushing off in exactly the same direction. So I usually say to a lot of long distance runners to incorporate some trail running into their into their training regime so Mm. when you run on a trail you're doing hills you're going up you're going down you're on unstable surfaces so what that does is that allows the body to you know it's got to be able to adapt to those different things it's not getting the same movement pattern over and over and over again Uh, exactly yeah yeah because that 
that makes perfect sense because you, you want to make sure that, you know, you're getting, um, you know, all different types of uh, exposure. So those those little muscles that don't get used all the time end up with some kind of, uh, I guess, uh, some kind of usage and some kind of like, you know, they just don't like shit themselves as soon as you go to use them, that, that, that kind of thing. That's basically the idea. Yeah. So basically, mate, um, when it comes down to, being a physio, obviously, you know, you you get asked a lot of questions, a lot of weird ones. I'll, I'll ask you a sports-related question. Um, basically, um, now, when it comes to being a physio, like I was saying, you get asked a bunch of questions, but, like, I'll ask you one that's sports-related. Um, so it'll be basically where it'll be, I want you to tell me who you think is going to take out the NBA championship, but I also always love a dark horse. So for me, I, th- I just I think Toronto is going to take it out, but um, I, I, I but by dark horse um, is probably actually the Jazz. That's that's who I think if they can get on a, a hot streak um, and actually get going, then they'll then they'll be uh, in the running for it. But uh, so that's the question for you. And then the other one I want you to, is, is something that, like like I was saying before, like I've rehabbed a million injuries and I've, I've, I've never sort of been able to um, – I'm, I'm always surprised by different things that I learn every time. So I was going to see what's something that when when you're treating people, it's like the most – one of those things that people just never think about, never know when it comes to rehab and injury. So go for the NBA question first. So who, who's, who's your pick? Oh, okay. Um, NBA, I think the Lakers will take it out this year. Yep. Um, I think playoff LeBron will come out and I think they'll take it out. But I think it'll be Lakers versus Bucks in the East. And a dark horse for the NBA. I'm going to go the Celtics. Yeah, the, the, the Celtics, you reckon, that they, you reckon they can get a horse? Yeah, I think I think they're a chance. I think if they can defend well, um, and Gordon Haywood's back, and if Tatum and Jalen Brown can play well, I think I think they've got a well balanced team. Um, so yeah, I reckon they're my dark horse. No, fair enough, fair enough. All right, and for you, for yourself, what do you reckon's the um, the the, the one thing in physio that people just never seem to ever know that it just comes up for you and, and like you just come in and you're just like, how do you not know this? Um, I think, well, I think one of the things that surprises a lot of people when they come to physio, they always want, they, or they think that the physio or the chiropractor or the osteopath is going to fix them. I think, we, what we do or what I do as a health professional is I feel I help people and help the body to recover. But I think one of the biggest things we underestimate is actually how well the body is at healing itself and how well it can adapt. Mm. So a story that I heard not that long ago on how the body, the human body can adapt was I, I heard a story of a young kid who was born without a tibia. So your tibia is so your tibia is your one of your shin bones, and it takes about ninety percent of your body weight, and then your fibula, so the outside shin bone, it only takes about ten percent. 
So he was born without a tibia. So I, I'm not 100% sure on why or how, but he had his fibula. But yeah, no tibia. Wow. And so he started when he was a young boy, obviously they knew, but he started sort of learning to walk and walking. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they showed x-rays of what he was like when he was maybe two. And the fibula just looked like a normal fibula and he didn't have his tibia. Mm-hmm. When they took x-rays, I think, and I don't know how old he was, but let's say, for example, he was seven years old. Mm-hmm. The fibula had actually reshaped to look like a tibia. Ah. So it, it had actually grown to look. So he only had one big bone, mm-hmm. but, you, but it had actually grown to, um, to look like what a tibia would look like. And he was walking around and everything. So I think that's one of the things that people sort of take for granted or don't know a lot about is, is that our body's ability to actually heal itself is fascinating. And a lot of people come to me because no one ever comes to me happy. Like they always come to me when they've got an injury. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, one time, you know, people come in in lots of different injuries and lots of different states of mind, but they, and they always think, oh, this is it. I'm done. You know? my back it's gone you know and then you see them six months later and they're back lifting heavy at the gym and doing really well as long as they as i said they they load it up appropriately get build their strength and don't overdo it but Mm. start to move Mm. the body's ability to adapt and heal is the biggest thing that i see and that's sort of what i try and do is i try and help facilitate the body to do its thing the best that's fair, and that, that, that's a really good thing, man. That, that's a that's a great a great point for everyone because I mean it's it's something that we like people like sticking a heat pack on it and getting an elbow shoved into into a glute to to help the release the muscle or whatever that can be therapeutic at times. But you're right, you want you want to facilitate the body to to get its whatever it that would do it to, like you said, just do its thing. I mean that's mm. I mean uh, sometimes you know I mean I've had so many surgeries and whatnot, and it's just um. It's amazing how once you just have that that one thing done, your body just adapts. Like my shoulder moves differently now, and and the way it sort of um, it's adapted to having certain things have removed and bone anchors put in, bits of metal shoved around, and all that sort of stuff. Your body just learns to to deal with certain things in a different way, and and it's phenomenal how you know. I mean, sometimes it can be a bit confusing, I think, for the body, but but generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, once you get on the right track and, and the, but the biggest thing is you have to do the rehab, right? That that's, that's probably a, a, yeah. the, the, the biggest thing, right? Because if you don't, then you just end up back at square one over and over again. And consistency is key. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And that yeah, way, you know, you've you, got to you, do it consistently. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Exactly. And that's, I think it's, it's one of those big things, but that's right. So getting the body to heal itself, that's the one thing. So there you go. Folks, take it away. You can just let, uh, don't go and bother seeing your physio. Just let your body heal itself. That's, uh, that's the key. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. But look, mate, um, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to have a chat to us, but, um, well, uh, hopefully we can get you on for, for some physio facts and get some questions uh, more regularly answered for the podcast. So that way we can um, do the do the thing for Not The Dan Patrick Show and um, we we'll get you on there. But we'll um, I'll, I'll pop um, – if you haven't uh, seen Tim's business, it's uh, Fortify Physio in North Lakes. Um, that's, it's where he primarily operates out of in North Lakes in Queensland. 
um, basically uh, jump along to have a look. I'll put a link to uh, to his site so you can have a look at um, at his business and see what he does. And uh, maybe uh, he might be able to squeeze you in if he's got a free twenty minutes <laughs> to look to look after. <laughs> all right, Timmy. Well, thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you taking time out. No worries at all. Thanks, mate. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode, and thanks so much for listening, and tune in next time for some more next-level content, and please do make sure you subscribe and review. It's a big help to us. Cheers.